0: you are now listening to the Stovell Pentecostal Church podcast. Thanks for checking out our message this week. Today's message comes from three women that attend our church, Anita, Lila, and Pastor Lori. Enjoy the message. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Anita. My husband and I have a five-year-old boy. He keeps us busy all day long, especially in the past one and a half months every corner of our living room is filled with toys, toys, and more toys. As I was preparing for today, there were two topics that came to my mind. One, what it means to build a legacy. Two, how do we make room for the next generation? So legacy, this is a word that I have always been pondering ever since I found out that I was pregnant. What I mean is, since then, I have continued to ask myself questions like, what is my legacy? What is it that I'm passing down to my child? What example am I setting for the next generation? And God, what do you want to do through me? The legacy I'm talking about today has nothing to do with money or inheritance. Christian psychologist and author, Dr. James Dobson, once said, heritage is what you give someone. Legacy is what you do in someone. If you have a Bible or the Bible app on your phone, let's pull up the book of Psalms chapter 145 verse four. And it says, let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Let me start by saying this. I am approaching these topics with humility. I don't have a 10 step guide to show you the how to's and I'm still figuring out how to leave a legacy consistently every moment. Now let's jump back to our topics today. Legacy is something that we should all be thinking about. It's not just about mothers and their children. It's about the lasting impression that all men and old woman leave behind. I'm talking about you. You don't have to be a mom to pass down your legacy, and you don't have to have a child to leave your legacy. You can be a senior and retired. You can be a teacher or an architect. You can be an accountant or an engineer. You can even be a young adult or a teenager. Age is not what matters. Your willingness to be used by God every moment of every day is what matters the most. Now, what will you do when God calls you to step out of your comfort zone? Will you be courageous and obedient to his call? Remember, when we were kids, we would always ask our parents, why, when they asked us to do something. Jacob still asks me all the time. And most of the time, our parents will say, because I said so. Well, I believe God is going to sometimes ask us to do things out of our comfort zone. And when we ask why, he will answer, because I said so. Will you trust him? When we lean in and trust that he will guide and lead us through, our faith grows. To give meat and substance to the legacy I'm talking about. We need to be deliberate and purposeful. So as we start thinking about the future and our return to school and work, let us think about how we can impact this world differently. I find it's easier to compare our our talents and gifts to those around us and say that we're not good enough, wishing we had someone else's gifts and talents. It's easier to sit back and just let time pass by doing the same thing day after day week after week, month after month, and year after year. There is comfort in routine. There is security in predictability. But I don't believe that God has called us to a life of comfort, security, or predictability. Now is the time that God is calling us to figure out how we can be an intentional influencer with the people that God has placed in our path. Could this be your coworker? perhaps a friend from long ago? What about a youth at church that is struggling to understand faith and peer pressure? What about a young adult that's not sure if this God thing is working out for him or her? How can we be intentional about making room for the next generation? Let me tell you a story that I once heard from a pastor. This pastor told his congregation a true story of what it means to make room for the next generation. So one Sunday after service, a grandmother came up to him and said, Pastor, I don't really like the songs we sing at church, but you know, my grandson really liked those songs. But if, and if singing those kinds of songs can get my grandson to come to church and know Jesus, then you know what? I'm going to learn to like them too. Now this grandmother, she gets it. She understands what it means to make room for the next generation. So what does that mean for us? What can we do to make room for the next generation? What kind of legacy will we leave behind with the next generation? Is it faithfulness in serving God? Is it consistently showing kindness? Is it having courage through trials? Is it caring for the hurting like Jesus? So what is God calling you to do? It's obvious that it's not just moms who leave a legacy. We all have this one life to live. Let's spend our life using our gifts and strength to serve Him, our King. The choice is yours. You can make this one life bold and beautiful because in the end, it's only what's done for Christ that will last.
1: Good morning church, happy Mother's Day moms. I hope you got spoiled this morning. I hope you got to sleep in maybe woke up to a hot cup of coffee or a nice cup of tea, and dads, if that didn't happen, there's still time. I'm going to give you a little advice. She doesn't want to cook dinner tonight, okay? Like at all, does not want to cook. Got it, Erin? Good. Anyways, I'm really excited to be able to talk with you this morning, even if it is in this context, because this is something that's been on my heart for quite some time now, but especially everything that's been going on lately, I just think this is something we really all just need to hear because moms I know you'll agree with me when I say that we're under some intense pressure right now I mean let's be real we're moms so we're always under intense pressure right now but never before have we experienced anything like this Um, I speak for myself when I say that I'm exhausted I'm so exhausted like honestly guys I love my kids guys kids love you so much I was the first one to say how much I enjoyed all this extra time with them, but I have now been with them for 24 seven, for 50 plus days. And I think we can all just use a break from each other. Don't even get me started on homeschooling because doesn't matter how hard I try or how good my intentions are. I wake up every morning like, yeah, we're gonna do this. By the end of the day, find myself arguing with a six year old and crying because I literally can't do grade seven algebra. For real, it's really bad. I can't be the only one here though, guys. Seriously, we've never done this before. There are no how to survive a pandemic while working from home and homeschooling three kids books on Amazon. Not yet anyways, but stay tuned for that one. Anyways, we're tired physically, mentally, and emotionally tired. And I think that this message is just so timely for us. I think that God just really wants us to hear this. Moms, it's okay not to be okay. That does not make you a bad mom. There are going to be days when you don't feel hashtag blessed, where you feel like you've totally missed the mark. And guess what? That's okay. Have you ever had those days where you feel like everything is working out? You slept well the night before, you woke up before your kids, actually got a hot cup of coffee down, your hair's like falling perfectly, your Cracker Barrel t-shirt just sits right. Okay, I might be the only one with a Cracker Barrel t-shirt. That's for another day. Oh, I miss Cracker Barrel. Anyways, aren't those days amazing? Of course they are, especially right now. They're glorious. I know they're so far in between. I know that they don't happen very often, but those are the days that kids, people without kids fantasize about when they say things like, wouldn't it be nice to start a family? Let's have one boy and one girl exactly 18 months apart. Oh, we'll time it so they can always be friends. It'll be so nice and so perfect and we'll all be hashtag blessed. Bless their hearts, but they actually have no idea what they're in for. Anyone who actually has children knows that most days are hard. Like watching a series finale of Grey's Anatomy hard. There's no sugarcoating it ever. And the truth is that although social media won't show it and your friends and family might not even show it, 95% of the time, you're not gonna feel hashtag blessed at all. In fact, you'll probably feel hashtag haven't showered in days or hashtag can't get my crap together. Or maybe even hashtag, is it wine time yet? And guess what? That's okay, because I've come to realize that we're not supposed to. Don't believe the lies. Somewhere along the way, women were fed a lie that motherhood was supposed to be easy. That you were doing it right if you were organized and patient and graceful and pretty, and that everything would just come naturally to you. That we're supposed to somehow look put together With perfectly behaved children that sat quietly in church Um, their outfits matched their faces were clean and that we would already know everything we were supposed to know i just i just that's that's not for me and and moms we need to stop buying the lies sure those are all amazing goals to have and yes we want to be patient and organized We wanna have it all figured out, but after having four children over the last 17 years, I'm learning that motherhood is actually supposed to be messy. I don't think it was ever meant to look neat and tidy. You won't always have all the answers you need and you're not going to always feel like you're doing a good job. Motherhood will pull you apart and put you back together all in the same day. It will exhaust you yet motivate you and it will fill you up and empty you all at once. If you're doing it right you will be the teacher and the student all at once but I promise you that you will both finish far greater than when you started here's the truth okay think about this for a second what if I what if the goal was not to be perfect what if the goal was not perfection or to feel hashtag blessed at all what if all of a sudden being the perfect mom was completely off the table what if all of a sudden you no longer put all these unrealistic expectations on yourself and you just let them go? How freeing would that be? Like how much weight would actually come off of your shoulders? What if I told you that there were no cookie cutter moms out there, but that you were exactly the type of mom that God knew your children would need? That you, in all of your weakness, in all of your uniqueness, and all of your imperfections, actually the perfect one for the job? What if I told you that there was a larger story happening all around us and that God was painting a picture far greater than us but that you and I were chosen to take part? That each and every one of us were chosen to raise our children at this specific time and that even the most menial everyday tasks were an important part of shaping our kids into the people that God created them to be? What if I told you that not only were you molding your children, but that God was actually using motherhood to mold you. You see, God is not surprised. He's not thrown off. He knows you better than you know yourself. He still chose you. He handpicked you for the job. See, for me, when I started to think about it like this, I began to view my job as a mom differently. No longer was the goal to be the most organized mom with the healthiest snacks on the block and the cleanest laundry room or whatever it is that we do y'all know you do it we all do it I just started to see that all the things that I did were more about shaping my kids into the world-changing adults that they were called to be than it was about being a perfect mom that these were the days that they would look back on and they would draw their strength on that these were the days they would draw strength from in their adult years and that these years were the foundational blocks that they would one day build their families on the lessons in love they receive now will be the same lessons of love that they instill in their children and that not only would they be shaped into the men and women that God called them to be, but they would shape the future in turn shaping their children. It's an incredible ripple effect that can sow amazing things into the lives of generations to come. And guess what? It all starts with you. See, for me, when I started to realize this, it didn't matter how clean my house was or how nice their shirts were if I wasn't there for them. And trust me, I don't mean physically there for them because we are there for them right now, but that I was like there with them emotionally, mentally engaging with them, teaching them through my day-to-day life that instead of letting mom guilt rule me or worrying about what the neighbors thought or worrying about what other moms thought of me or stressing about how badly I seriously need to mop my dirty floors, I was more focused on interacting with my children, playing, having fun, modeling a life filled with Christ, letting them see Christ in me in the little things, that they were loved and cherished and shown all the beautiful things that life and relationships have to offer. That instead of carrying around the weight of perfection all the time, I was free and happy and fulfilled knowing that even though I may not see the fruits of my labor today, that it mattered, that it was all part of a bigger plan. I'll take a messy kid and sticky floors all day if it meant an afternoon eating popsicles and running barefoot in the grass. I'm starting to learn that my kids need me just as I was created to be more than they need these picture-perfect filtered moms we see on Instagram. They need every lesson, every mess, and even more than that, they actually need to see me being the person that I was created to be. They need to see me being molded and shaped and showing grace to myself. Because in the end, that's all we want for them, to grow up and to be happy and to embrace who God created them to be. We want them to be able to show themselves grace when they fail and to learn from their mistakes and move forward. Isn't that what we want? Moms, we need to stop believing the lies so that in turn, they will stop believing the lies. And then one day, Maybe our children can grow up in a world where these lies don't exist. God has never called you to be perfect. He never once asked you to have it all together. And I promise you that he will make up where you lack. His mercy is new every morning and his power is made perfect in our weakness. He's got your kids, moms. Motherhood is challenging, especially right now. But if we can embrace it for all of its chaos and mess and stop buying the lies, then I think we will start to see amazing things happen in the lives of ourselves and our children. No other job can transform you quite like motherhood can. No job will require you to give everything of yourself while expecting nothing in return. And no other job can have the effect on the world quite like motherhood can. But if we learn to let go of self-imposed expectations and our preconceived notions, and just learn to accept all that motherhood really is, then I think that we might actually start to become hashtag blessed. I trust that this message is encouraging you today, moms, that we don't have to have it all together, that God is with us, that he will make up where we lack, and I just wanna encourage you today that if you've been feeling the pressure this week, the last few months, just trust God. I've learned that over the years, God really will make up where we lack, and you know what, it's part of the journey. Like I said, God is using motherhood to mold us, just as he's using us to mold our children, so just get ready for it. Just embrace it, guys. Just just let go, and just be encouraged this week that um, God's got you, he's got your kids, he's got all of us, and you know what? I trust that you're gonna have an amazing Mother's Day. Dads, I know you're gonna cook dinner tonight or order takeout or whatever, that you're gonna do bedtime, and that moms, you really just are gonna have a chance to reset and reflect and just know that I'm praying for you, and the church is praying for you, and if there's anything you need, just reach out. Somebody's here, we can pray with you, we can cry with you, somebody can teach us grade seven algebra, that'd be great. Um, So anyways, be blessed, and have a wonderful Mother's Day. Bye.
2: There was this mom, and she was in Walmart, and she was shopping with her little girl, and her little girl was in the back of the cart, and she was screaming and screaming and screaming, and the mom, she was just trying to be calm, and she just kept on repeating and saying, it's okay, Leanne. We're almost there, Leanne. It's almost finished, Leanne. We've almost got all the groceries, Leanne. We've got one more thing to get, Leanne. There's the checkout, Leanne. And she just kept repeating this very calmly. And the sales clerk, she comes up to her and she says, Ma'am, I need to commend you because just about how patient you are with little Leanne. And the mom, she turns to the lady and she says, Lady, she says, I'm Leanne. And we have all had days like that. Every one of us have had days like that. But that's our giggle for today. Happy Mother's Day, moms. I'm in my sunroom right now. It's a little chilly, I might say, but I love this room. It's just just one of my favorite places in my whole house. It's where I've been with friends and dinners and family and and Christmas mornings and and I watch my grandkids outside and play. But the, the greatest memory that I have today is the memory of my mom. I mean, we spend so much time in this room talking and having tea and and stuff like that. it was just it's just a wonderful, wonderful memory. Being a grandma is also wonderful. I love being a grandma. Um, my grandchildren, they mean the world to me. I love them so much. and as a as a mother, we um as a mother, we... Uh, We would try to do everything right for our kids, you know, we want proper rules and proper, you know, bedtimes and proper food and proper, you know, everything has to be proper. But then we'd become a grandmother. And when we become a grandmother, (laughs) that stuff doesn't matter anymore. These are our grandkids. We're going to spoil them. Suddenly all those things, they just don't matter anymore. The rules, they just go right out the window. But the best part is that then we get to send them home, so we get to love them and we get to, we get to, um, you know, uh, you know, encourage them, feed them, whatever we want, and then we get to send them home. But I must say, being without my grandkids, I mean, I know that's fun. But being without them at this time um, is very, it's it's hard. You know, they don't understand. They don't know what's going on. They don't understand why they why they can't. Um, you know why they can't come to my house my my grandkids are outside with their father and i'll drive by and they'll come to the car and they'll be like grandma why can't we come to your house why can't we come in in your car you know they don't understand i, I used to give them tons of hugs and i can't even hug them anymore but you know what the good thing is we're all safe this way and it's going to be over before we know it and we'll all be back together again something to look forward to <sighs> You know what? Mothers are God's greatest gift to us. And Mother's Day is a good time for us to tell our moms just how much they mean to us. You know, Isaiah 66 and 13 says, As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. What a beautiful picture of God's love for us. I know that everyone um, listening today is not necessarily a mother. And maybe that is a painful time for you. And I'm sorry about that. I'm really sorry for your pain. Or maybe your mom has passed away, like my mom has. And that makes it difficult for you also. And I'm sorry about that. It's a difficult day for me too. I miss my mom very much. But please be encouraged today because um, I believe that as women, we can still um, play a part. I mean, we can we can still be a mother or a grandmother to somebody else. It doesn't have to be blood related. I mean, maybe it's a neighbor that needs a motherly touch or um, maybe it's a single mom and maybe she doesn't have a mom herself and she just needs that extra support. Ladies, I believe that we all have motherly love to give. Maybe a single person in the church that needs that gentle love like a mom you could be that encouragement to her. Maybe you could bake a pie with her or, or, or knit with her or, or something like that. You could share God's love and his hope. Maybe there's a child. I mean, Sunday school teachers, kids workers. I mean, have you ever seen those children that they just look at you and you instantly feel that connection? Just give that extra motherly love to them. Maybe they don't have that. I remember one Sunday morning at church, this little guy, about five years old, he was visiting the church and he's related to the Thomas family. And he came into my classroom because all the classes were together and he immediately called me grandma. I mean, he was like, grandma, I need the yellow crane. Grandma, I need the scissors. Grandma, I need help. It was so cute. It really was. I, I smiled about that. He was <laughs> He was just the cutest little boy. Anyways, at first I thought it was funny, but you know what? I was honored. I was honored. I mean, to me, grandma represents safety and love and care and all of the qualities that I want to be as a woman of God. This little boy, he came back another time in midweek and he walks through the door on Tuesday night and he's like, Grandma! Everton, you must bring him back. He's just the Cutest little guy, and you guys can call me Grandma anytime you want, as long as it's not because you think I'm old. Mm -hmm. I want to look for a few minutes at um, a few verses from John uh, chapter 15, verses 9 to 17. But let's look at verses 9 to 12, first of all. It says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment, to love each other in the same way that I have loved you. Now, Jesus says in the scriptures that his father loves him and he loves every one of us in that same way. That is deep love. I mean, John 11 says that we are loved by God and by living in his love and obeying his commandments, we will be filled with his joy. I mean, it actually says our joy will be overflowed. Will overflow. I mean, just picture that. What would overflowing joy look like? I picture it to be like hundreds of kids outside and they're all blowing bubbles at the same time. How peaceful. It gives it gives us oh, sorry. Happiness comes from pleasures in our life. But this joy that Jesus is speaking about. It is a deep joy within our soul. It is a satisfying emotional connection to him. It gives us strength and the energy that we need to live and do his important work in this world. That is to love and to care and to share his love with others. Now Jesus says that as we obey his commandments, we remain in his love. Now Jesus' greatest commandment is to love. We must Love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with all of our mind, and to love our neighbor as ourself. Now, Jesus is always demonstrating and teaching about love and care and for others. What better time to think about love than on Mother's Day? Let's just continue reading in John 15, from verses 13 to 16. It says there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you and I appoint you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. He chose us. He chose you and he chose me. And he calls us his friends. See, Jesus talks about laying his life down for his friends. That is love. That is love. He died on the cross for us so that we would be saved and live forever with him one day in heaven. And he wants us to take his love and his message of hope to others as we show love to everyone. When a mother has a child, she pours all of her love into that child, and that child becomes the fruit of her love and of her efforts. It's not only for mothers. Everyone can do this. When we pour ourselves into the life of someone else, When we care for them, when we help them, when we encourage them, when we guide them, when we befriend them, that is the fruit of our efforts. And Jesus wants us to go and produce the lasting fruit.
1: You have been listening to the Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including events, ministries, and service time, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. You can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast store, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.